What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you are doing well. I hope you had a great weekend. It was a very busy weekend in the world of pro wrestling, and we will get to that in a short bit. But I want to say thank you, as always, to everyone who joins us by way of social media at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Big shout to everybody who is listening to us right now and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is that you're listening to us. Thank you so much. I don't take this for granted. If you aren't here, then there's nobody to talk to, right? And you're not able to continue to see and hear what we're doing. So thank you so very much. If you're not subscribed... Click that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us. If you have a friend who you know loves the world of pro wrestling or might want to get back into the world of pro wrestling, they were interested in any way, shape, or form, put them onto this podcast. I think we will be the ones to help people come back to the business as we've done in several cases. So I'm excited about that and I hope you are too. I've got a jam-packed show for you today. We have a lot of news to get to. So strap on your seatbelt, maybe get some coffee or whatever your favorite energy drink is, and let's jump into this, shall we? Let's first start with a look at the Wednesday Night War, AEW Dynamite NXT. The ratings war continues, and I can say this, both shows saw an increase in their viewers from last week. NXT uh, drew 713,000 viewers last week. They picked up an additional 21,000 viewers, pulling in 734,000 viewers this week, while AEW Dynamite picked up nearly 100,000 viewers as they were at 747 last week. This week, they're at 831,000 viewers both had fantastic shows on the AEW side. We're getting a much clearer picture in terms of what the Revolution pay-per-view will look like. That pay-per-view will be on a Sunday, March the 7th, first time the AEW is doing a Sunday night pay-per-view. And uh, it's shaping up to be really, really big. We know, of course, about the street fight involving Darby Allen and Sting against Team Taz. We know about the world title match involving John Moxley, Kenny Omega exploding barbed wire death match craziness we're getting a picture on what some of the other matches look like and I got to tell you revolution is shaping up to be a fantastic card on the NXT side of things boy are things shaping up as we're getting a clearer picture of what's going on between Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era and we're getting pictures of what varying superstars are doing and the like yeah both had great, great shows, and I'm excited to see what's next for both of those brands. Absolutely good stuff. Speaking of NXT, the WWE has announced its largest recruit class in history, and they've reported to the Performance Center, and there are a lot of names you know and some names you're going to want to know. For instance, a name you'll want to know is Bronson Recksteiner. He's the son of former tag team champion Rick Steiner, and he's coming to the WWE. He's six feet tall, 230 pounds. He was an all American running back at Kennesaw State University. Uh, I'm excited to see what the next generation of Steiners look like.
look like. We also know that Eli Drake, now known as L.A. Knight, is part of this class. AQA, who was a big part of Booker T's reality of wrestling promotion and the Shimmer promotion, she is now in WWE at the Performance Center. You also have some great folks like Zoe Stark, who we saw on NXT this past Wednesday, and she battled the NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai. Harlem Bravado, who spent quite a bit of time in both pro wrestling Noah and Evolve. Anthony Henry from Evolve, he is there now. Also Priscilla Kelly, who spent time in Evolve, along with Cameron Brene, who has been in the ring with Shotzi Blackheart and the like. But perhaps of all of these, the most notable signing is that of former Impact Knockouts champion and Lucha Underground standout Taya Valkyrie, who of course has spent time in the AAA promotion in Mexico. We again know her for her recent stint uh, in Impact Wrestling as the longest reigning knockouts champion. She's also the wife of John Morrison. Yeah, so this class is pretty monstrous to say the least. Where will everybody go? That's another fantastic question, which I'm sure we will be finding out in the days and weeks to come. But it's also one of the reasons why NXT has a new rumored show to be coming called NXT Evolve. And as we're hearing about that show, we found out, of course, about the big signing in AEW, Paul White to AEW. I talked about it a bit in our latest episode of the Faction Hot Takes, which, by the way, thank you guys for your positive response to that. I've really been enjoying bringing those to you, and I hope you're enjoying. Again, we told you we had new content coming And that series is a lot of fun. You can check it out on our Instagram and Facebook pages. And we might even put it on YouTube as well if you guys are interested in that. And so I spent a little bit of time talking about the Big Show move. In case you missed it, the Big Show, a.k.a. Paul White, is in AEW. And one of the things that he'll be doing is uh, he'll be serving as a commentator along with Tony Schiavone on the new show, AEW Dark Elevation. Now, why this is interesting is, as we mentioned that show and NXT's additional show, it seems like we could have more competition between AEW and NXT as both platforms look to provide additional outlets for their talent to have a stage. And I think that is of extreme importance. So shout out to NXT, shout out to AEW, very exciting times right now in the world of pro wrestling. All right, of course, this past Friday was SmackDown for WWE. I thought it was a fantastic show. It brought in over 2 million viewers, 2.05 million viewers, which is down from last week's 2.072 million viewers. So they lost about 21,000 viewers week to week. However, those hourly numbers stayed fairly consistent, 2.09 million for hour one and 2.012 million in hour two. And it was a significant show as we finally learned who Bianca Belair has chosen to battle at WrestleMania 37. And the answer was really the only answer any of us would legitimately expect. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It kind of goes without saying that this is the main event for the women at WrestleMania. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm sure people are rumoring Asuka versus Charlotte 
two uh, at WrestleMania, which certainly should be a good match, but I don't think it's going to have the level of anticipation or the draw that Sasha versus Bianca has. I think people are not as hot right now on Charlotte Flair. Asuka still hasn't gotten the recognition that she deserves with this championship run she's been on. Let's face it, she has been the woman on Raw since the departure of Becky Lynch, and so much has happened in the world of pro wrestling. I think people forgot that coming into 2020, Becky Lynch was still the hottest female on the brand. Becky Lynch was still the women's champion, and she departed as the women's champion, literally handing the belt over to Asuka, who had won Money in the Bank back in May. And Asuka's been the woman on Monday Night Raw, though I don't think she has gotten the recognition for the championship reign. Could WrestleMania change that? Perhaps. But Asuka versus Charlotte today is different than the Asuka versus Charlotte we got at WrestleMania 34 when Asuka had that hot, amazing unbelievable winning streak of over 917 days she had been champion for 530 days she hadn't lost since coming in to nxt or wwe so we've got a different ball game and i'll just simply say this let us enjoy and leverage the entire road to wrestlemania with sasha versus Bianca. I think we're going to get some amazing promos out of this. We're going to get some great stories being told. And I think both of them are ready for this major marquee moment that's going to happen at WrestleMania as it marks the first time that two African-American females, A, are in the main event of WrestleMania and B, are competing for a championship at WrestleMania, let alone the SmackDown Women's Championship. So there's a lot of history that's going to happen here at this incredible, incredible WrestleMania. Shout out to Bianca. Shout out to Sasha. They're going to do us proud. And I'm super excited about that. Bianca, I am more than the champion. I am the standard. <laughs> so if you want to make history, want to be the talk, the conversation, then you would choose me. You see, you call yourself the EST of the WWE? Well, I don't think so, because I'm the best. I'm number one, which makes you second best. <laughs> Girl, uh-uh. You know, you standing here, you got a whole lot to say, so I'm gonna make you eat your words. On the grandest stage of them all. Cause I'm gonna take your title. And then I'm gonna show the whole entire world that I'm the strongest. I'm the fastest, I'm the roughest, I'm the toughest, I'm the quickest, I'm the greatest, I'm the B-E-S-T of WWE. So Sasha, it's on. I'm on the Bianca Belair has made her decision. The time is now. Kenta versus John Moxley for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship here on New Japan Strong. Oh! Kenta suplexes Moxley on the floor. Knee pad down, the exposed knee. Oh! 
Moxley's Death Rider finish, but you gotta be watch out for this! Oh! A spare table underneath the ring. Oh! oh! Smashed him in the head with the U.S. title belt! Some other news to get into. There's a lot happening in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and we've got to tell you all about it. It was a big, big weekend for New Japan that really kicked off on Friday with New Beginning USA, the highly anticipated U.S. championship match between Kenta, the challenger, the number one contender, and the champion, John Moxley, former AEW world champion. And here's how it went down. The winner and still your IWGP US champion, John Moxley. Now, I got to tell you, I think it shocked a lot of people that Moxley retained the championship and continues his over one year reign as champion. A really, really big deal. I don't think people expected to see that happen, but it did. The match itself went 14 minutes and 25 seconds with Moxley retaining using the Death Rider. And now we ask ourselves a lot of questions. I think some may have thought that Kenta was going to win the championship, absolving John Moxley from any New Japan uh, responsibilities, allowing there to be a clean break for New Japan to do New Japan, for AEW to do AEW. Not the case. This forbidden door, as we've heard, is unquestionably open. And so now, what's going to happen with the U.S. Championship and John Moxley? Clearly, he'll be defending it. Who will be his next challenger? Will that come from AEW? Will it come from New Japan? An amazing question for sure. Also this weekend, we saw a championship defense at their event, Castle Attack, we saw the Gorillas of Destiny successfully retain their tag team championships against Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Hiroshi Tanahashi retained the Never Open Weight Championship by defeating the challenger Great Okan. We have a new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion in a three way battle as Bushi. El Desperado and El Fantasmo battled with El Desperado winning that championship, becoming the 89th IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, and that is fulfilling the vacated championship from Hiromu Takahashi, who vacated the title after a major injury. The main event saw, for the first time, Kota Ibushi defend the IWGP Intercontinental Championship separately. And I say for the first time, meaning for the first time as a double champion. He defended that championship successfully against Tetsuya Naito. But it's what's happening after that that is causing all sorts of question, conversation, and conjecture in New Japan. As we have heard, or if you haven't heard, here's what's going down in New Japan. It's not just conversation or conjecture. It's happened. The IWGP Intercontinental Championship and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship are now being merged. And they're being merged to create one championship. And that championship is known as the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Kota Ibushi will be recognized as the first IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, and his first title defense will take place on April the 4th at Sakura Genesis in Ryoku Sumo Hall, and that's going to happen against the winner of the New Japan Cup. So I've got information on that, but before we do that, let's talk about the IWGP Intercontinental Championship and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. The IWGP Heavyweight Championship was first conceived in 1983 as an award in an annual tournament before becoming 
a regularly defended championship with Antonio Inoki as its first holder in June of 1987. The IWGP Intercontinental Championship was first won by MVP, who won it in a tournament final in Philadelphia in May of 2011. Kota Ibushi, of course, won both of those championships at this past Wrestle Kingdom, becoming the 73rd heavyweight champion and the 27th intercontinental champion, but will now be recognized as the first IWGP world heavyweight champion. And again, his first title defense is coming up in April against the winner of the New Japan Cup, which means we've got information on both the New Japan Cup and the New Japan Cup USA. The New Japan Cup USA will return on NJPW Strong in an eight-man tournament that will be kicking off on Friday, March the 5th. That's this Friday. It'll run for four weeks with the winner being given a future champion opportunity against the IWGP United States champion John Moxley. This week there will be two qualifying matches which I think should be intriguing. The DKC will take on Tom Lawler and Rocky Romero will take on Leo Rush. That's going down this Friday for qualifying matches for New Japan Cup USA. For the New Japan Cup in Japan, there are 30 people who will be competing. There are two folks getting a buy. On one side, Evil will be getting a buy. On the other side, the Never Openweight Champion, Hiroshi Tanahashi, will also be getting a buy as well. 30 amazing superstars involved. The New Japan Cup kicks off this Thursday, March the 4th. So yeah, it's a very, very busy time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that'll begin at the 49th anniversary event. And that tournament's going to run through March the 21st in Sendai. The winner of the cup, as I mentioned earlier, will challenge Kota Ibushi for the newly created IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And that match is happening on April the 4th at Sakura. Genesis. So this is going to be very, very interesting to see what happens amongst all of these competitors. New Japan is very much in full swing. And with the absence of the Intercontinental Championship, it does somewhat elevate the U.S. Championship as perhaps the number two title there. And uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how New Japan runs through all of this. But it does mean a very busy week in the world of pro wrestling this week. That busy week includes, of course, Monday Night Raw tonight. We've got on Wednesday a huge episode of AEW Dynamite featuring the in-ring debut for AEW of Shaq. He'll be in that big tag team match teaming up with Jade Cargill against Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. We'll also see the debut of Paul White in AEW. He'll have something to say and no telling how that's going to go with Paul White and Shaq in the same building on the same show. That of course is the go-home show for the next pay-per-view for AEW known as Revolution. We've got on Thursday the 49th anniversary event for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Friday, we've got SmackDown. We also have the latest event from SHW getting ready to go down as Southern Honor Wrestling presents SHW 25. That's this Friday. Then, of course, on Sunday, the pay-per-view from AEW called Revolution, which will feature John Moxley battling Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship in an exploding barbed wire death match 
going to be crazy. What a big week to kick off the month of March and lead us into March Madness and all sorts of wonderful things. So it's going to be a full week of pro wrestling here. And of course, we're going to have all sorts of results and information for you. So make sure you're following us on social media at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can be up to date with what's happening in the world of pro wrestling. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well. I hope to see some of you here in Atlanta this Friday for SHW 25. It's going to be a crazy night featuring the main event as David Ali defends the SHW championship against Sunny Days in a first blood match. It's the first time ever for that in SHW, so it should be very, very special. I'm looking forward to seeing many of you there. All right, stay connected to what we're doing. We'll have new episodes of the Faction Hot Take hitting this week, along with, of course, your regular podcast here and more great information on the way. Until next time, it's your man GB Gerard Bonner representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman John Murray. Collectively, we're known as the faction. Have a great day. I my people. Here we go.